Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for probably the most exciting episode Lance's House of Sports has had to date as we are coming off of one of the most exciting Game 7s that I have ever witnessed. Getting right into it. Game 7, Philly, Boston. There's just nothing you can do about the man Jason Tatum. 51 points for my boy in Game 7 as they wipe out Philadelphia, sending them home again in the second round of the playoffs. Man, what a series that was. I don't know what you think, Ben, but I, mean, I was that, sweating a little bit longer in that series than I was expecting as they took it in seven. Yeah, that was a fantastic series. I mean, everything you could ask for, all the stars, a lot of big games. ton of big games. I mean, James Harden's 40-points games. Twice, yeah. Twice. Two of them. JT's 50-point game. He had another big game, didn't he? Um, yeah, he had a 39-piece in, in game one. Yeah. He showed I mean, out. I mean, just from start to finish in this Philly-Boston series as we got to keep it here. I mean, it was back and forth the entire time. I mean, Philly took game one. Boston was able to take two in a row as they took game three on the road. And then right when people thought Philly was going to be out of it, in game four, James Harden comes up big once again, along with the rest of the squad, and they're able to take it at home. And then in game four, the crazy game winner from James Harden. And then in game five, Philly stole game five in Boston in a pretty dominating fashion putting me on the edge of my seat for about 72-plus uh, hours, I would say. No, nah, I'd say longer than that. 96 hours? <laughs> it, w- it was way too long, and it was stressful. But at the end of the day, the best team in the league got it done. And you got to give us props. But what got the Celtics to win in that series was the defensive intensity. I don't care what anybody says. The stars showed out in big games that mattered. Granted, going back to game six – Tatum went through probably the biggest shooting struggle I've ever seen him go through in his entire career. I mean, he started the game one for 15, for crying out loud. And yet still in the fourth quarter, with the team trailing, he was the one that outscored Philly by himself, 16 to 13, to give them that win in game six and to keep their season alive. And then, I mean, he kept it rolling in game seven. 67 total points in the last five quarters played for Jason Tatum, a 51 ball in game seven Philly kept it tight in the first half but then in the second half I mean they kind of started to fall apart as Tatum just picked up right where he left off I mean we were talking about it before we came on air their whole entire team was disappointing yeah but I mean where do you lay most of the blame down for a team like this who competed seven games with arguably is one of the best if not the best team in the league I mean you got to put the blame on their two stars right they did nothing yesterday I'd agree with you 24 total points. Because it's a seven-game series. So you, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they played decent for most of the games, I guess. But, like, there were games where James Harden shit to bed. There were games Joel shit to bed. Like, neither of them played great on the same day. Like, maybe one game. But, like, besides that. It was a good series from both of them. I mean, from James Harden, like, you're not expecting that vintage James Harden from 2018. I mean, we got it a couple times. We got it in game one, got it again in game four, hit the game winner, like we said. 
I mean, he had the two dominant 40-point games in Game 1 and Game 4, and outside of that, I mean, I don't want to say subpar because he still dominated another facet of the game. I mean, he was he the looked, best playmaker on their team he looked good. in every he had single a game. triple-double in, I suppose, a game. I don't know if, if, if it was even a triple-double. Um, It wasn't a triple-double. Game 5, he had like 15 assists or something. In game, I mean, in Game 5, he only took eight shots in the game they won. Had to go up 3-1, 17 points, had 10 assists. Uh, to go along with eight rebounds, so it was close to a triple-double. I think James Harden's a little bit more to blame than Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid did have those slump games. I mean, yeah, in Game 7, he only had 15 points. But then going back to Game 1 in that series as well, he also only had 15 points. But that was a W. So, or wait, I'm s- I'm confusing myself right now. He didn't play in Game 1. It was Game 2. Yeah. He had 15 points. And obviously, they lost that game. Um, I'm pretty sure he... Just got announced the MVP hours prior to that game. So you had to think we were coming out with a chip on our shoulder to lock him up. But outside of that, I mean, games three up through six, 30, 34, 33, and 26 with 9 and 19 shooting. He got in double figures rebounding every game except uh, game two and game five uh, throughout that span. In game seven, he only had eight rebounds. But, I mean, that game was over by the end of the third quarter. So... I mean, I agree with you to put the blames to both those players, but I'm mainly putting it on Joel Embiid because of what he said after Game 7. I mean, he's pretty much blaming the rest of the team for their problems and for them not getting through this series. I mean, he gave his credit to Boston. Um, he said they're the best team they're going to face, and he took they took them seven games. But when he says the rest of the roster has to be better and they can't just rely on him and James Harden. When him and James Harden combined for 24 points on, what was it, probably 30% shooting, I mean, I feel like that's just having to get your head out of your ass right there. Yeah, they just weren't hitting. They were not hitting at (laughs) all in the second half of Game 7. I mean, it was a three-point game at halftime. It was a low-scoring game until both teams went on a bit of a spurt. But then once Tatum comes out exactly how – Exactly how hot as he was to end the first half. I mean, I feel like there's nothing you can do about that because 25 in the first half, following it with 26 in the second half, I just don't think there's anything you can do about it. You had to get it done in game six, yeah, and they weren't able to do it. And I think that they knew that, and it that didn't help them going into game seven. Yeah. Because like you could see in the first half that like I could kind of tell the Celtics were going to win. I don't know. From I'm not a fan of either team, so I'm just like spectating kind of. I don't know. And like you could just the energy was just different. Like Yeah. I mean I And then I after was, James Harden's flagrant foul and Niang got the technical for grabbing Jalen Brown, like it was just changed everything. It did. Yeah. In a weird way though, it's almost I like I thought it was coming anyways, but I feel like right after those two occurrences happened, like that's when the flip switched. Yeah. But I mean, I knew with Tatum dominating that first first half, if he was doing that exact same thing coming out in the second half, there's nothing Philly could do. I mean, the only thing that was different is that they didn't go out swinging. They got their ass kicked. And they're hitting Cancun up early. I mean, I was saying it going into this series as I believe our last podcast was right before. It might have been a game in. Whoever was going to win this game had the best chance to win the finals in my eyes. And I still believe it. And that luckily, luckily, I'm not pouting on this podcast today, and it happens to be my boys. But I believe coming out of this series, a series that went tooth and nail where players had to scratch and claw to win this, pull it out, I think they're the favorites to, uh, to win it, obviously. I mean, that's where they're at in Caesars, plus 100 to win it all now. I think that's a little, a little high. 
I, I want to say it's a little high, but I think they're discrediting Miami a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you saw us. You guys are 10-point favorites or something, eight and a half, nine. In game one? Yeah. Um, I have not seen the game one spread yet. I'm actually, let's go look at it. For the first time, I'll be looking at a game one spread. Eight and a half, right? Well, it's not even on Yahoo, so Yahoo's behind. It's on ESPN. Um, here it is right here. Uh, it's on CBS. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. It's opening up went at, down. in game one. Um, I don't know. This says it started at seven and a half. But, oh, maybe. but moving over to the Eastern Conference Finals, we got to talk about the semifinals on the other side of the Eastern Conference. I mean, that was just, it was a series that, I mean, it went six games. It was a battle. But at the same time, I mean, Miami controlled it about majority of that series as they were able to handle it in six. And you got to give credit to the rest of the team. Major props to head coach Eric Spolstra because, I mean, Jimmy Butler, he didn't play the exact same way he did in the first round compared when they played the Bucks. I mean, they played team basketball the entire series, and you could just see it as they outplayed Jalen Brunson, especially in that game six, as Brunson went for a 40 ball, 41 to be exact, and they still weren't able to pull it out. You got to give credit to Miami. Their surrounding players are better than I thought they were. Max Struess yeah. is, he's a baller. He's a shooter. Yeah, but he can, he gets to the cup, he's quick, finishes, makes the right pass. I don't know. I mean, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson's finally starting to shoot decent again, too. I mean, going into this series, Max Struess was nearly non-existent in the first round series. Um, doesn't seem like he was hitting many shots. Um, once the series against the Knicks occurred, he had eight points in game one, and from there on out, he had double figures in every game. Um, so his impact grew tremendously. I mean, but being in that starting lineup, he's got to make it happen eventually because with Kevin Love being another guy in the starting lineup, you know, he's not going to provide that much to you offensively. He's more of a defensive impact for you. Um, I don't know if what the stats are going to say, but it, from watching the games, Bam was dominating the Knicks big man. It was the complete opposite yeah. compared to Julius Randle, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Mitchell Robinson going up against the boys from Cleveland and Evan yeah. Mobley and Jared Allen. It was the complete opposite of yeah. what was going on. Bam was just so much better than them. You could just tell, like, watching it. Bam is just way better than these guys down there. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I mean, with that being said, looking ahead to the Eastern Conference Finals, a rematch of the bubble in 2020 to go along with last year. Um, when Miami was the one seed, these teams have met a good amount of times in the playoffs these last few years. you got to think um, it's going to be another nail-biter. I mean, I know we were talking about it off-air as well, that Boston may be able to control this one as they've been going up against some tough competition these last few games. But I think Jimmy Butler is going to be coming with the edge exactly how he was against Milwaukee in that first round. To go along with Bam Adebayo, I mean, you know I hate Bam, but you got to respect him as a player. He's incredible around the rim, defensively and offensively. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to have to adjust to going into the next series. Um, yeah, I mean, if they're shooting, it's just tough because I don't like have high hopes for Miami, but the way they've been shooting threes in the playoffs, the way they've been playing defense, like it, I think they're – being underrated by, you know, all the sports books and everything. Yeah. It'll be a good series. I saw something. I can't remember what it was on, but it was like a BPI projection. Yeah. It gave the Heat a 3% chance to beat Boston in the conference finals. Yeah. I hate seeing that. Yeah. I mean, how are you giving this team ESPN's, no shot? ESPN's matchup predictor only gives them a 14% chance on winning tomorrow. In game or Wednesday, one. yeah. I mean, I just think that's... 
I mean, as a Celtics fan, of course, I believe I think we're going to win this series, but you also have to respect the opponent, especially the opponent that knocked out the one seed and the former MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then I think a solid Knicks team that has a bright future. I mean, yeah, I mean, they got it done in six. Um, it's not super promising for them, but, I mean, I, I think they played a good series. Um, you got to give credit for, to the Knicks for competing, but this series is going to be closer than people think. There's no shot that it goes four games, and I'm sorry, but I think there's no chance it goes five games too. I just Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is just a different type of breed to go along with the guys he has beside him. But something that's been changing over the last few weeks with all the games, honestly, not just this Knicks Heat series, but the defensive impact, the playoff intensity has hit a different level in the second round. And I think it's going to continue into the third round. As I mean, in game six, the Heat only shot, they shot less than 30% from three in game six, and yet they were still able to pull it out. It just shows if you do the little things and you're able to rebound the glass, you don't turn it over, you get to the free throw line, you're going to give yourself a shot to win. But now talking about an opportunity for Miami, what's the biggest thing they got to do to knock off Boston? Because with the whole roster in Boston playing well like that, like they did in game six, following a Tatum 50 ball in game seven, it seems as if no one's going to be able to stop them. But I just know, I just know Miami's going to compete. It's just where's it going to come from? They have to continue to shoot the three ball well. It's been what they've, I don't know, they've been doing it. They haven't, over the course of the playoffs overall, I would say they've been shooting the three ball really well. Yeah, I mean, against Milwaukee, they shot it like 60% in the series. Yeah, they crazy I don't, number. I don't, I don't think it was 60. Exactly, <laughs> it was a crazy it was, it was over 50%. It was a ridiculous mark. Yeah, um, but, you know, if they do that, they're going to be hard to beat, like yeah. whether they're the eight seed or the two seed. I mean... Because, I mean, they're the, they were the eighth seed because they were 27th in the league in three-point shooting in the regular season. And then you come into the playoffs, and you're number one by a very far margin. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a reason why you're winning games against the number one seed. I mean, yes, Giannis was banged up. But, I mean, there's been no Tyler Hero for Miami for the majority of this playoffs. So, I mean, that's their third best yeah. player right there. Yeah. Um, so who knows what they'd be looking like right now, even if they had Tyler, maybe they'd be getting more rest leading up to this series. But I mean, all their guys got to play well because you, you know, Jimmy's going to play well. You just have that feeling. Everybody else has to play well. Struess, Robinson, bam, whole squad. Um, I think uh, Kyle Lowry and uh, Caleb Martin off the bench are going to be the two biggest factors because over the last couple of games, the Celtics have been shrinking their rotation a little bit, only been playing seven guys, which I really, really like, um, to be honest with you. I mean, we threw Robert Williams back in the starting lineup, have Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, the two guards, come off the bench. I think the Heat bench guys are going to have to match it, honestly, because you know Brogdon and Derek White are going to be able to provide on both ends. I think the Miami boys got to match it because when you look at the starting lineups, I feel like we have the competitive edge and we have the advantage when it comes to the matchups because who on the Miami Heat's guarding Jalen Brown, you know? Yeah. And I don't really see a guy to do that. Um, and you can think who on the Celtics is guarding Bam Adebayo, but with guys like Al Horford and Robert Williams, I mean, they've been they've got it done against Joel Embiid last series. He played solid but not to the MVP level that he was supposed to be at. And then, I mean, just looking at a year ago from this time, we did it again to an MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo in a seven-game series. You got to think we'll be able to handle Bam Adebayo. 
And then after that, it's kind of, it's pretty much a Tatum versus Jimmy matchup. And I'm sorry. I know everyone always says, play off Jimmy, play off Himmy. I'm taking Tatum. After the way he just played in those last five quarters, I'm taking Tatum. And I think it, he might steal one, maybe two, but I got us winning it in six because over the course of the last couple of years in the playoffs, we've been even better on the road. And so if we get an opportunity to close out a series on the road, I think we get it done. But maybe that's just me. Yeah. I like Boston in the series. I mean, yeah. I think the whole country does. whole world yeah. probably likes Boston Sadly, in the series. I hate, I hate hearing <laughs> it. Um, I think it's going to be tighter than what people are – thinking um the heat are a good team they have probably the best coach in the nba top yeah. three top um, two I'd yeah say. and jimmy butler man he's different you never he really know, you never know what he's coming for um you, you on any giving on any given night because i know you said it's a matchup between jimmy and tatum but i don't know like i because with the they're both gonna get they they're both gonna get theirs you know what i mean like they're gonna guard yes. each other but like jimmy's gonna be gu- all over the place tatum's gonna be all over the place well, because how we need to with how we need to match up this coming up series, we need to let everyone else beat us except Jimmy. Like we need to let Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Bam Adebayo, um, Caleb Martin, Kyle, all those guys. Let them get all the open shots they want. Maybe contest Max Struess a little bit if he gets going. But our main focus is Jimmy Butler. Can't let him get going. Because if he doesn't get going, I don't think this team can get anywhere. Um, I get it, Bam's a good player, and I get it, he can score when he's hot, but I don't think his scoring can match up to the level of ours when, you know, when we're playing at our at our peak level. Yeah, I mean, you guys defended Philly well enough. I don't think that... I mean, our defense was terrible the first five games. Yeah. It was game six and seven where we stepped up. But. I mean... Just do that. <laughs> Jimmy and Bam. Harden and Joel. I mean, yeah, low-key. <laughs> low-key. Except, I mean, I mean, Harden and Joel were – they were a one-two punch. You know, the amount of times they ran that pick and roll with that slip pass. I could, Not in game seven. They were not able to get it all in game seven because of the way we were defending. Yeah. But in the first five games of that series, they probably got it a hundred times, it felt like. seems like they were getting it every trip down. So we can't let Jimmy and Bam find their rhythm. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a long series. I know that for a fact. And I know they hear everyone saying that they don't have a shot. So I, w- I, w- I would play the Jimmy over on the game one player prop, but that, <laughs> that's just me. That's just me, but we'll see. Maybe we do come out with the right defensive scheme. Cause I truly believe if he can't get going then they're not going to win a game, I don't care how well anyone else plays. He's got to be the man. But I've seen him play bad and affect the game in so many other ways that like they can win without him playing good. I disagree. I think you don't. You do. I mean, because I, I, I just think the guys around him are a little better than what people give him credit for. Because we saw just a, just a year ago when they played in the conference finals, Jimmy Butler would have a forty-five ball, he'd have a forty-two ball, he'd have a forty-six ball, and they would win the game. And then Jimmy would be nowhere to be seen. Six points, nine points, and they wouldn't even be close to getting it done. It'd be a completely different. I think tale their team the tape. is better this year than it was last. You year. You think who's the Heat? I disagree with that. Just because Tyler Hero's out. Well, one, Tyler Hero's out, and then two, your, I mean, your players aren't getting any younger. It's not like you have guys that aren't in a yeah, pri- but they're getting more. Ex- they're yet. getting more experience. Max Max Struess was irrelevant 
at this time last season. He's this kind time. of been irrelevant until these last few games. Yeah, but if he can step up, him, Gabe Vincent, like Gabe Vincent's been playing well from the when the games I've been watching. That's true. Bam's been playing great against the Knicks. I think he's hot right now. So let's let's just say th- this though, like let's take out Jimmy and let's take out Tatum and Brown. Are you taking? Should we take out Bam? I don't know. You are you taking Bam, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent, or are you taking Rob Al? Uh, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. I, I still think the Celtics. I'm, curious. I'm actually curious. I, like, definitely the Celtics. I still think their team is better. I just, I think that the Heat are a little bit underestimated. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I feel like that's like known they shot with us. 55% in the series. Against I, th- Milwaukee, I think that's known with as us. a team. I think the rest of the world needs to realize that. And yeah. if only guys in ESPN <laughs> uh, could speak correctly, but you know, that doesn't happen very often. Um, <laughs> So, yes, it'll be an incredibly fun series. I'm just blessed that we're still alive fighting, playing another game um, on Wednesday um, because there was two games in a row where you just had to sit back and, you know, whatever it was, it was. Um, could That could have been it for the boys. But we're here and we're fighting for another day. Unfinished business, baby. And got a chance to re- uh, have a rivalry renewed in the NBA Finals, possibly with the Western Conference it's been just as spicy over there as it has in the East, honestly. I mean, the L.A. Lakers and the Golden State Warriors, LeBron versus Steph, one final time. Advantage King. No, got to give him credit. They got it done in six games. Sorry, I'm, he- I'm hesitating right now because, you know, things fade my mind pretty easily. But how about them Lakers, man? I mean, I we picked them to win that series, but they got it done in – easier fashion than I was expecting but maybe Dominant. maybe it was a more maybe it was more poor performance from the Golden State Warriors side than it was dominance Steph from was the cold Lakers in that side. series right? I think everyone else in that series was cold I mean Steph played well I thought but yeah. he was the only guy that was scoring but he wasn't yeah but he, he didn't was, shoot great yeah he wasn't shooting great he didn't shoot I mean, great which is like what he does you know him and Jordan Poole and Clay aren't hitting but I mean he still had over 20 in every single game and he had yeah I mean Still Steph Curry. Yeah. But, <laughs> not, but no one on that Warriors roster was able to get it going the entire series. I yeah. mean, they were able to steal a couple games, obviously. But I think it was the Lakers defense that was able to make the biggest impact in that series. And they were able to pull it off in six games. I mean, credit to LeBron. 30-point game in game six. Looking like vintage Bron out there. Only took 14 shots in that game. 10 of 14, nine boards, nine assists, two steals, a block. I mean... Him and AD to go along with the rest of the core that they got from the trade deadline. I mean, there's a different Lakers team than we saw from even when they won the championship in the bubble, in my opinion. No, this team's better. Yeah, I agree. To go D'Angelo Russell, um, Austin Reeves. I mean, you got to give him credit. He's not my favorite player, but he can ball. Um, And then I think Rui Hachimura is another key piece for them. And then how about Lonnie Walker? I mean, from not even being in the rotation – to being the seventh man, sixth man off the bench. And in game five, I want to say, um, was it game four? Yeah, because Steph signed the back of his jersey and said, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll oh. never forgive you for game four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a dominant fourth quarter performance. And 17, basically, right? Huh? I think it was 17 points. No, it was four. <laughs> I thought it was 17 because he passed uh, Kobe. Well, he had 15 on the game. But I think he had fourteen oh. in the quarter or something like okay. that. It could have all been in the fourth, but um, he had a dominant fourth quarter showing, yeah. and he was able to help the Lakers team. 
But that was what I was talking about earlier in this podcast when I said NBA bubble must have not been a fluke because we got the four same teams that we had three years ago to date. And with the other side and the other uh, other matchup in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets, I mean, this team's been proving me wrong all playoffs long, able to get the job done against a top-heavy Phoenix team and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I mean, that's arguably the best duo in the NBA. I mean, the what they were able to do scoring-wise for the majority of that series, not talking about the last game in particular. I mean, that was the scariest duo I've ever seen, honestly. Yeah. They were ridiculous, but they just don't have the team yeah, to the compete the squad with the Denver Nuggets squad. And then, I mean, DeAndre Ayton did not live up to expectations. Um, it's another offseason to where we're going into, t- going into it, talking about DeAndre Ayton, questioning whether he's good enough to be the big man for that Phoenix Suns team. And then who knows where they go from there? Um, you got to think they hold on to KD. You know they're keeping Devin Booker. The question marks will just be from here on out the center position, what they're going to do with the point guard position, and what they're going to do with Chris Paul. And then, I mean, they fired their head coach, Monty Williams, and I think that was a terrible, terrible decision to go along with a bunch of other crazy firings around the league, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah. But sticking in the Western Conference Finals, Nuggets, Lakers, Bubble Conference Finals, um, back at it again. I mean, I don't know who to take in this series when we first talk about it. I mean, I have the idea in my mind, but going into the playoffs, I did not have faith in this Denver team because I've never seen it before. Well, now we're seeing it. And we've seen a 50-point near triple-double from the Joker just not too long ago. We know that this guy can ball. We've seen Jamal Murray step up his level of uh, skill in the playoffs. And then, I mean, to go along, then they have MPJ. They have Aaron Gordon. Um, they have uh, KCP, Bruce Brown. This roster is deep, and it's going to be – I know they just came off a series against Golden State, but this is going to be the toughest series to date for them. Yeah, I mean – It's going to be a battle to make to the finals. All right, we talk a lot about the Lakers, but I think the Nuggets are still the best team in the West. Yeah. They were the one seed. They low-key flew under the radar, kind of getting disrespected. I mean – Yeah, all year long they were. They might have the best starting five in the NBA. They might. They might. I mean, with Jokic, who won back-to-back MVPs, averaging, what, 35-10-10 in the playoffs right now. Uh, yeah. Jamal Murray's averaging, what, 26-5-5? In the playoffs, Joker is averaging 31-13-10. Yeah, I mean. And Jamal Murray is averaging 26-6-5. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's scary. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. And you got MPJ making threes he has no business making shooting 40 plus percent from three in the playoffs right now 47 from the field yeah he's doing his deed <laughs> aaron gordon is you know physical rebounder when they go small ball when Jokic is out of the game they put him at the five yeah and i thought that was really interesting because they have a even with Jokic out and it's aaron, they have big men off the bench yeah they do but they don't, they don't use they don't use them yeah aaron gordon is they like him i guess i five, i like but, it too I mean, Aaron Gordon and MPJ, it's still, you know, you got two guys that are 6'10". And yet can still stretch the floor. Yeah, and they're leave long, the paint like, open. MPJ has probably the longest arms in the NBA right now, besides, you know, like guys like Chet and the big men. But yeah. for his position being 6'10", 6'11", with the range that he has, I mean, he's scary. And yeah. KCP, shooting the ball, playing defense. I just I think they have a super complete team. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, 
Without a doubt, I'd say them and Boston are the two most complete teams yeah. remaining right now. And you got to think, because, you know, you think about the bubble, the finals matchup was with these four teams remaining, it was Heat-Lakers. Right now, it's looking like, you know, Celtics-Nuggets, a switch, switcheroo um, for these conference uh, foes. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that, because do the Lakers just have the firepower to keep up with this Nuggets team? I really don't know. <laughs> and maybe LeBron can pull out that Game 6 magic this entire series, but without it and without AD playing his top performance each and every game, not know every other BS, then this series will go six or seven games. But without it, I think the Nuggets could cakewalk this one yeah, because just, of how full the roster is. I just don't. What's the matter? What's the matter? I, I think that Jokic is obviously better than Anthony Davis. Obviously. Yeah. Jokic is way better than Anthony Davis. I mean, he's a better player, but you know, when Anthony Davis is playing peak ball, he's not stopping him. No, but Jokic is... I think that's the most entertaining matchup oh, out yeah. of both series yeah. um, coming into the conference 100%. finals. Anthony Davis versus Nikola Jokic. Who's going to be able to slow down who? Are they going to be able to slow each other down? Who's going to dominate the glass? Um, because that's what matters most, in my opinion. I think um, it, The defensive it, it, presence it, and rebounding, rebounding the basketball. It definitely hurts both teams with those guys guarding each other. Yeah. And I think it hurts the Nuggets a little bit more because AD is an elite defender. Yeah. Whereas I don't see Jokic as an elite defender, but I yes. think Jokic is the best playmaker at his position, you know, a top three scorer at his position, probably number one still. He's averaging 31 in the playoffs. And I don't know, I just – and he gets rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fight between those guys. It's going to be it's going to be a dogfight, yeah. like you said. But an interesting thing to think about is – Yes, we know AD can bring it on the defensive end, but can Jokic? Because we know what he can provide on the offensive end. We know he can rebound the ball too, but how about the defensive impact? Not rebounding after the defensive possession, but the defense at hand. I think that's the biggest thing yeah. to look at. But I don't think Anthony Davis is going to have a ton of luck just posting up Jokic, but I think if he gets it out on the perimeter and he can, like, you know, because AD's a good ball handler. I think he's going to be he's able to tear to up Jokic more than people think. Yeah. Because if he gets it on that on that 15-foot um, and then he turns, faces up, triple threats Jokic, he's way quicker than Jokic. He yeah. has the ball handling skills. I don't think Jokic can keep up with that. And then he's got the back down, back and down ability and to shoot over top. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough to shoot over top Jokic, though. He's still 7'1", seven, 7 feet AD's tall. AD's 7-foot. Yeah, now nah, he is. He is. You're right. It's going to be a crazy matchup. But I don't. The only reason why I think so, obviously, that matchup is going to be the main dictator in this series. I think, but the I would say one B would be who's going to stop LeBron James because I, yeah. we get it. They have defensive guys on the other end. We'll see how Aaron Gordon and MPJ play in this series. This is going to be a statement series for these guys to see what type of level they have um, skill wise, but. You got to stop that dynamic duo of LeBron and AD. I get it, Jamal Murray and Jokic. We just looked at their numbers. They've been unbelievable. But at the same time, I still don't think they're the duo that LeBron and AD are. No, they're not. They're not. LeBron is the the king, you know. The king. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not ever going to be LeBron and AD, but they're so, they're special in their so who in a you taking way. The, so who are we taking in this series then because I really I mean I'm gonna have to make a decision by the end of talking about this uh, topic but I really don't know because both teams have advantages in certain aspects and I mean I'm gonna take the Nuggets in seven okay I think that 
they have more experience under, you know, the bright lights, per se. That's pretty bold of you to say. I mean, obviously not LeBron and AD, but outside of them, the rest of their team is very young. I, they've never been in a position like this before. Whereas Jamal Murray's been here. MPJ's been here. Aaron Gordon's been here. Jokic has been here. They've, like, KCP they've never has been gotten here. Over, over the hump. They yeah, never, they were like the Celtics last year. They've yeah. been in the conference finals before, not to the amount. And I think they're the going to take the Celtics' had. leap they into the finals. Over. That's my prediction. I think they're going to make that leap this year against a great Lakers team. And and there can't be a bigger test. You're going up against the King. Yeah. In L.A. The Nuggets dominated the Suns. That series wasn't close. <laughs> yeah. That was domination. So, um, looking at the regular game series between these four guys. I feel like you can't even take them into consideration because all four games came prior to the trade deadline. Granted, it was a 2-2 series between these guys in the regular season, but, I mean, it's something that I don't even think we can look at. Um, but looking at the latest game... Um, I don't want to say it's not relevant, but I feel like the teams have changed so much and their rotations have changed so exactly. much that it's just a totally different yeah. like, outlook now. Yeah, I, don't know how to I, I completely agree. And most of the time in those series, I would say, I mean, AD wasn't playing. Yeah, I know? mean. So, and then they obviously didn't have the core guys on their bench that they do now. So, that's not something we can look at. But I think I'm going to take the Lakers in this series. And it's kind of surprising myself because after looking at, after watching the first two rounds of the Denver Nuggets, I mean, they've looked like, They've argue, arguably looked like the best team in this in this playoffs. Yeah. I mean, just how complete they are. I mean, the the type of shooters they have around their guys, around Jokic, Jamal Murray stepping up his game to a completely different level, playoff Jamal. I mean, they were up um, 30 in game six they at it. halftime. They were up they won by 25. So yeah. it was the second year in a row to where the Suns lost by 25 <laughs> in the series, uh, series uh eliminating game. But you just got to give credit to Denver there on both ends. So it was, obviously it's going to be a dogfight on offense and defense um, for both of these teams. I think we're going to see a game toward the scores in the 90s, and then I think there's a game that we can see them being in the 120s in a series like this. But I'm taking the Lakers solely because no one's had a matchup for Joker until now. And we'll see exactly how healthy AD is and how much he can handle this pressure. But I think I'm, I think I'm taking that over this Nuggets team right now. And also because of the depth that the Lakers added. I mean, they have scores outside of their top two guys. And when D'Angelo Russell isn't going, they have a guy like Dennis Schroeder that can bring 15 points off the bench in any given instance. I mean, Rory Hachimari, he's a mid-range maestro. He's been huge for them, and I just don't see a guy on that Nuggets team that's going to be able to defend him. Maybe a guy like Aaron Gordon, but he's going to be... I think he's most likely going to be getting the LeBron James matchup. So Aaron Gordon is gonna. I think the Nuggets have really good matchups for the Lakers, though. That's what because the big the big men side. Yeah, I think Jokic can guard AD. I think Aaron Gordon can do a better job than most people in the league at guarding LeBron. Okay. Having said that, no one can guard LeBron. Yes. Um, Michael Porter Jr. Obviously not the best defender, but just because of his length, he's always a problem. Yeah. And you know, I think he can match up with anybody that's out that's not AD and LeBron. Yeah. I think he can match up with anybody on the Lakers. I think he can guard Roy Hachimura. I don't think Roy Hachimura is going to get away from him. It's not he's not super fast. He doesn't have a bag like Where the Lakers lose this series is if they can't shoot to the level the Nuggets will. Cuz you know the Nuggets are going to make threes. Yes. It's going to happen. The Lakers have to make threes. Yeah. 
and they they've proven themselves. They were really bad at the beginning of the season at shooting, but since they got these new guys, I mean, they've been good from three. I, I mean, just think the Nuggets' offense is going to be too much. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't blame you for saying that. I really – I mean, I'm going to go with the Lakers right here in my instance because I'm going to take the King and AD. Yeah. You got to think they find a way. But, yeah, it could be the Nuggets' time. It could be their time to get over their hump and finally have Jokic get that chance in the NBA Finals to prove everybody wrong that he's more than just a stat pattern. Yeah. More than it's a just, legacy game for him. Yes. Legacy series. Legacy series, yeah. without a doubt. But already getting by the Timberwolves, getting by KD and Devin Booker in promising fashion, too. But I think the three three main factors in this series is going to come three-point shooting, rebounding, and then, um, like I always say, can't turn over the basketball. Um, and whoever does those three the best, I think, will end up winning this series. But as of right now, I'm going to take the king. and I'm going to take him in seven on the road. Solid. But we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I think I think any any of the four teams remaining can win it all, though. I don't think they I really can do win believe it all. that. I think that he can win it all. Wouldn't make any sense, but I think it's I mean if they, they beat they the Celtics and they look incredible. If they can beat the Celtics, they can win it all. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> we'll see. I don't think it happens. You know, I got my boys in six games, but never say never. Yeah. And I'm not gonna doubt Jimmy for one second because <laughs> I know this series is about to be crazy. But yeah, I guess we'll save our finals talk for next week. <laughs> Another thing I want to get into as we were hinting it, as we were talking about Phoenix Suns, all the NBA firings going around the, the league today or over the last week week or two, I think it's unbelievable to me how short of a leash that um, NBA head coaches have in the league nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Monty Williams, um, he's had the best winning percentage in the NBA over the last three years, just got let go, relieved of his position of the Phoenix Suns. Unbelievable in my eyes. Take the team to the finals. Mike Budenholzer, uh, two-time coach of the year, um, won an NBA title with the Milwaukee Bucks. He got relieved of his duties. I think that's unbelievable. Another guy, Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors. A, lo a lot of people have different uh, comments and opinions on a guy like that, but he's an NBA champion. There's nothing else you can say about that. I mean, Steven Silas of the Houston Rockets, he got relieved of his duties as well. Um, I honestly saw that one coming. There's not much going for the Rockets right now outside of the potential NBA lottery uh, Tuesday night and a chance at the one pick. But I like the man they got, Ime Udoka. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast yet. Yeah, we have, so I'll keep it short. But I think it was a great get for the boys. For the boys. I like that. My, my boys. <laughs> Shut up, bro. <laughs> it was a great get for the boys, all right? It I was. May, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Victor. <laughs> Going to get all of them. You're crazy, bro. You're crazy. Coming off, a, coming off a day where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 76 points, and you're talking about him going to Houston. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. Just wait for it. So keep it to yourself, all right? <laughs> keep it to yourself. John Morant might have lost his job. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. Uh, <laughs> if you want to talk about that, you can, as I keep looking for this, if you want to, you know, yeah, leave so, the team. Yeah, uh, so a few months ago, John Morant flashed a gun on IG Live. What did he miss? Nine, ten games. Went yeah. to rehab. Quote, unquote, rehab. Rehab in Florida. <laughs> better him, Bettered himself. <laughs> Bettered himself. Um, yeah. <laughs> then yesterday morning, he flashes another gun on <laughs> IG Live, and now he is 
pending investigation, pending suspension, suspended from team activities for, for further notice. His boys are the ops. That's all I got to <laughs> say. His boys are the ops. I mean, I don't know what they are doing listening to a rap song. I don't know who the artist is. I get it. We all love rap. But you can't you can't be recording yourself listening to rap, especially with a guy like John Morant next to you, which you know he's carrying. I mean, come on. Um, we were talking about it off air before we started. Um, we know guys that they open carry, open concealed carry, carry, concealed carry. I it's you got to <laughs> respect that. But you know, flaunting a gun around and putting it up, up against your head like you're a hard ass. I mean, that's another thing, and that's who yeah. John Morant is. You live in a I mansion guess. and you're getting fifty mil a year. I don't even know what to think about that. I, mean, he's I really don't even know what to think about it. But all the only thing that does come to my mind is that his friends are the ops. Yeah. And he's got to find new people to be around because I they got to know, they gotta like, know better. If I that. gave you $50 million for four years straight, could you not put a gun on IG Live? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Answer for Jaws, no. Um, but now we don't know what the repercussions for him are going to be. A lot of people are saying they want him suspended for the year. I think that's a little... A little extreme. Um, you got to think the Grizzlies find a way for that not to happen, as he's they're easily their best player, yeah, he's um, top three point guard in the league. But I mean, whatever he gets, he deserves, in my opinion, because you got to know better than that. Being a dumbass. He saw his buddy on IG Live. He sees what's going on. Just because he's not pointing the camera at you doesn't mean he won't in any given second. Jaw's got to be better than that. And I just hate all the bullshit that he talks about um, to the media and to the team specifically about how that's just not the person he is and how that's not who he wants to be when that's exactly who he is. And he's just trying to hide that from everyone that he works around. It's just, come on, man. I can't think of anything else other than that. Like, you got to be better as a man. You got to be better. Yeah. He's, it's disappointing. Yeah, he's... He's a grown-up now. Just You got to act like a grown-up. Yeah, seriously. Like, you know, you're 24, 25 years old. You're making 50 a mil a year. Like, it's not a you game. You can open carry all any- you want. It's not a game anymore. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably the most disappointing thing I've seen over the last few days. Um, as I expect more from John Morant. Acting like you're going to better yourself? Let's actually better yourself, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe he doesn't actually give a shit, which is a true possibility. Yeah. You might not give a fuck. But, <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is nowadays. I mean, if he got kicked out of the NBA for good right now, he's he could still retire and be happy for the rest of his life. That's very true. I mean, not with probably how he spends his money, but mm-hmm. for a normal person. I mean, it's the hundreds all over a 40 by 40 foot strip club. <laughs> <laughs> just all over. You can't even see the floor. It's just straight money. Dollars. Dollar bills. Yeah, I mean, he's him. <laughs> I guess. And at the clubs. Know. It's gotta be careful, man. Yeah. Last I mean. thing we want something bad happening to a guy like Jaw. I know we don't know him at all, but special talent. I only keep watching him. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, after sighing about that, let's move back over to the NBA head coaching candidates um for some of these teams available. I mean, you saw Mark Jackson get an interview with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, He hasn't coached since he got relieved of his duties in Golden State in 2014. Um, Guys have been looking at Ty Lue, head coach of the L.A. Clippers, um, trying to take his contract and move it over to their particular team. Um, 
And of course, there's guys like Nick Nurse available now, Mike Budenholzer, because these guys no longer have a job. Um, Becky Hammond, he, she got interviewed for a couple um, head coaching jobs, one specifically in Toronto, I want to say. She's got a good history, an assistant under Greg Popovich. She was in a head coach in the WNBA. I totally believe she should have a good opportunity at a head coaching job for one of these teams um, in the future, if not now, sometime in the future. I don't know who a team specifically like the Bucks hire as their new head coach because I don't know if you can find anyone as good as Mike Budenholzer, and that's why it's so crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, if there's someone that you can think of at the top of your mind, please let me know because outside of the guys that were already fired and, I don't know, maybe Mike D'Antoni, like, yeah. I really don't know. Like, what are they going to – they're just going to trade coaches or the Suns going to hire I mean, that's loud. We saw in the NFL with Sean Payton not too long ago. Yeah, not actually trade, but, you know, the Suns are going to get Budenholzer, the Bucks get Monty Williams. Yeah. <laughs> these GMs and these owners, maybe they need to start putting more of the blame on themselves. Maybe to get themselves a better roster, put the better players on their team, assign the right guys, um, make the right trades. I mean, looking at a team like Phoenix, yeah, you make a trade that makes everyone happy, but your roster sucks outside of your top three guys. Your roster sucks. And I don't know what you want guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to do when they're playing with Jacques Lando, Torrey Craig, Josh Okoge, Bismack Biombo. I mean, you just, you're setting them up for failure, and yet you're firing your head coach because of it. You're setting your head coach up for failure, and yet you're firing him because of it. I just – I feel like it's not going to help the, you yeah, anymore by and firing your Boone coach. And and Monty Williams both dealt with injuries in the playoffs. Yeah. Which – Budenholzer was going through a death in the family. Yeah. On top of fuck. Giannis hurting his tailbone in game one of yeah. round one. Missing, what, three games? He missed a couple games. I don't see how they put the blames on the coaches for that. Yeah. I mean, I know their rosters are good. Like, if you look at it, like, oh, KD, Kevin Durant, like, they should make to the finals. But, yeah, Jacques Landell. <laughs> NBA's five on five for a reason. You have 15-man roster for a reason. You got to use them. <laughs> It's not a three-on-five game. And I think the, I think the Suns are going to learn the hard way. I don't think they find a coach better than Monty Williams. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, personally. Yeah. It'll work out. Um, last thing I want to talk about in the NBA before, I mean, I know you want to talk about that NFL schedule release, um, but we got to talk about the NBA draft lottery coming up Tuesday night um, as everyone is fighting for the biggest prize of all, probably the biggest prize since LeBron James, Zion Williamson. Yeah. I would say Luka, but Luka wasn't a top pick. Now, Victor's... The best prospect since LeBron. Probably ever. Yeah. Probably Maybe bad. ever. Yeah. Because a lot of people would say if they were, if LeBron and this guy were in the same draft class, Victor would go ahead, which seven, doesn't six. make sense. Not 7'6". Seven, he's 7'3", seven, 7'4". Seven, seven, has has a ball handle has a handle of a guard Kevin, can sh- can shoot and shoot like the best of them, but yes he's only like what two hundred two ten probably. I've he's seen a light guy. I've seen bad videos of him in the paint in the G League or whatever he plays for. Yeah, I don't know what league it is exactly. Yeah, but, but they play a bu- they play a bunch of different people. I mean, they, he plays talent. You know, he plays guys like Scoot Henderson who's going to go number two. Um, yeah, but he's small. He is um, Scoot. No, yeah. no, no, Scoot's a great size for a point guard. Scoot's six two. Yeah, but he's he's big, like he's mm. he's muscular. Look up videos of Scoot. 
He's actually built like a linebacker. It's crazy. I know it's good. It's like <laughs> six two one ninety five. Yeah, I mean he's a good build. He's not big. He's a DB. It's Jalen Ramsey. He's th- he's strong. <laughs> he's strong. He's built. But I love mean, that Jalen Ramsey. Can't expect a seven foot four guy to be built and ripped. Like, I mean, come on. No, but you can't. But that's gonna. He needs to weigh more than two twenty. He'll get his. He'll get his weight up once he's in the. Once I mean, I've. Did you see the video of him getting back down and dunked on? You talking about Victor? Yeah, dunked yeah, from on a guy over in the, the Euro League or something yeah. like that. Dunked yeah, on. I've seen it right under the rim. But I've also seen him put back dunk over plenty of guys. Shoot yeah. over plenty of guys. Take two steps from the three point line to the rim, and this guy's <laughs> gonna make this guy's gonna make someone, some team that much better. As I think he's gonna make a major impact, whether it's this year, whether it's in a couple years. This guy's gonna be a key player in the NBA. As when we look at the draft lottery odds, the top three teams with the top odds. Each at 14%, Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, and San Antonio Spurs. I can't ask you where you think he's going to go because the lottery is a lottery. We don't know where he's going to go. It could be a team like the Utah Jazz with a 4.5% chance to get the one pick, get the one pick. But when we're talking about these three teams, where do you think he can be most successful? I want to say Houston, not because of... It's fine. (laughs) State your opinion. Uh, I think uh, with Ime coming they're gonna have a great coach um they have young guys around them they're gonna you know they have young guards everybody on the team is young (laughs) i mean him i want to say them or the spurs because of popovich but popovich is so old now i know he's obviously still probably the best coach in the league but spurs haven't done shit in the past i don't know how much longer we're gonna see popovich in the league i can't probably retire longer yeah i mean once he finds the right guy to replace him, I think he retires. Yeah. But I don't see that happening right now. No, I mean he's got a he probably has a year or two left. Yeah. Um I mean we'll see. Who knows? But probably yeah, I'd probably say the the Rockets. Uh I agree with you with the Rockets. I don't think the Spurs, I think I'd say Rockets or Pistons. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the Rockets because they have a I mean, for how poorly they for how poor they were this season, they have a great young core. Yeah. Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, Jabari Smith Jr., um, Alperin Sangoon, he was probably their, probably their best most player. exciting guy this season. Yeah. Um, and he's the type of guy that it can expand the floor, um, shoot the three ball. So if you add a guy like Victor Wembanyama, another big man that can shoot it, I mean, you can put whoever you want at the five. You can put Sangoon at the four. You can put Victor Wembanyama at the four. I just feel like that's a great roster to build around to add another young key guy to a team like that has a bunch of guys that are athletes and that can compete on both ends. But then I also think he could be very successful in Detroit. Um, I mean, they already have a lot of big men, so they'd probably have to make a couple moves after that if they were to get him. Cause you know, they just got James Wiseman last year. Um, they have Isaiah Stewart. They just drafted Jalen Duran last year. Who's a, an impressive big man in my eyes yeah. um, to go along with Cade Cunningham who come back from a big injury last year. Um, Jaden Ivey, who they used with their top pick last year in the draft. Um, they still have a veteran small forward in Bojan Bogdanovic, who honestly was their best player last year after Cade Cunningham got hurt. Um, they have a nice roster to build on. Is Dwayne Casey still a head coach there, or is that another one <laughs> I was thinking of? I believe he still has his job. He should. He hasn't had anything to work with. I don't think they'd fire him for... Yeah. I mean, he's another guy, for example, won coach of the year and took his team to the playoffs before getting bounced by Braun as a one seed, got fired the year he was coach of the year. I think that's 
Craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Winning coach of the year and getting fired <laughs> in the same season. <laughs> but so this says Dwayne Casey has transitioned into the front off position with the Detroit Pistons. Done coaching. Yeah. So Pistons is another spot where they're looking for a head coach. I mean, I feel like they're looking for in-house for a guy to uh, hire, but maybe not. I mean, they. Pff, I'm a Detroit fan. I'd be thrilled if I got Boonholz or Monty Williams. Yeah. I mean, great coaches. And I, I think whoever gets that one pick, maybe even the two pick, that head coaching vacancy is going to be that much better. Yeah. I mean, if it, go, if it goes to the Rockets, then that's just that much better for IMA. But if the Detroit Pistons get the number one pick. It's a lot of leverage, too. A lot of leverage for a team like that to get a good head coach. Um, I mean, they have the young core, too. It's not like they have a team like the San Antonio Spurs where their best players are Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell. Granted, not hating on those guys. They're good players, but. I think the Spurs are definitely the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree without a doubt. Um, I think if a team needed somebody more, it'd be the Spurs. But, like, I don't want him to go to the Spurs. When, when the hell am I going to watch a Spurs game? <laughs> never. <laughs> Come on, never. I mean, if maybe if Victor Wembanyama's playing, but. I'm excited to watch the uh, Thunder next year. Yeah, with Chet. Chet and Shy. That should be really exciting. Shy, first team. Yeah. How about him? Said it earlier in the, earlier in the probably like 10, 12 episodes ago. A long time ago, but credit where it's due. I mean, it was well deserved. He was fourth in the league in scoring, and then he—I mean—he wasn't just a one-dimensional guy. He was a big-time rebounder, and I mean, when he was playing his best ball, his facilitating was up as well. I mean, I believe he averaged five assists a game. Um, well deserved. Yeah, got to give him credit um, to go along with Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the boy Joel Embiid. Or what? Yeah, it was Embiid. Um, Another key thing for my boys, Jalen Brown making All NBA second team. Yeah, which you know what that means, Max Supermax, Supermax incoming. Yeah, and that's also a big reason why John Morant is not getting a Supermax contract, or he can't even be offered one because he didn't make All NBA. Isn't that crazy? He's yeah. just on the downfall, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. A lot to look forward to. Eight games to go for my boys, Boston Celtics. Um, you got to think we're going to keep our core together after a series like that. Um, but there's just not much you can do when Tatum's dropping 51 and Jalen Brown's dropping 25 smoothly because Tatum's carrying the show. Man, it just might just be our year, man. It might just be our year. I don't know. I don't know. Not too far away, but. After sweating in that second round, man, I can't sweat anymore, though. <laughs> Shit. But, all right, before we uh, do end the show today, you want to talk about your boys' schedule? I know you're excited about that. I, would, I didn't just want to talk about the Bengals. Go ahead. I'll let you do that. I'm feeling, I'm feeling generous nothing, today. You got nothing to say? I'm feeling generous today. I got nothing to say about the NFL, okay? Right. I'll talk about that when my boys' season is over. We're in crunch time right now. Crunch time. Obviously, whatever you say, I mean, I'll rebuttal. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to go over some good games in the. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, go ahead. What are some uh, exciting games to look out for? I know I saw the Thanksgiving schedule. Not very excited for that. No. I'll I mean, tell you that. Pretty no. disappointed, actually. But the same teams play on Thanksgiving every year, so. Mm, I want. Similar teams. It's always. It's a little different this year. Is it, are the Lions in it still? I don't remember. I'd have to look. Anyway. Week one, Monday night, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets take on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. That'll and that's going to be 
unbelievable to watch. That'd I be think. really exciting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, got, I got more. I got more. <laughs> uh, Bills Bengals Sunday Night Football. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles and the Chiefs play wow. on Monday Night Football. Wow. Yeah, you know. Is that right? Mean. Monday night? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Week one? No, that's week eleven. Okay, I was gonna say. Uh, the 49ers and the Eagles play. I mean, the Bengals and the 49ers play. I mean, the Bengals play the three best teams in the NFL. It's kind of crazy, but. I mean, when you're a good my... team like that, you're going to get matched up against the best teams. That's how, that's how the NFL makes their most money, yeah. It's just publicity. It's fine. I'm all for it. When the Texans come to Cincinnati, we're going. CCJ? Okay. I'm down. Tickets will be cheap, probably. Yeah, I'm down. What week is that? Like seven. No, we have a bye week seven. I think it's like. I think it's later in the season. Okay. Let's make it happen. Hopefully before it starts snowing. Yeah. Don't even want to think about that right now. I'm so excited for the NFL. I know you're in NBA right now because you're boys, but schedule release, man. (laughs) Kind of (laughs) crazy. You don't have a team to talk about. Me personally, I don't see anything crazy about a schedule release coming out, but I get the excitement from fan bases because it's not like the NBA where you're playing every team two to four times. Yeah. Like – you're playing your division foes twice. I believe you're playing a separate division in your conference twice. And then you never you never know uh, who you play on the other side of the conference. NFC, you play a division in the NFC, I think. Yes. Or two teams or something. Yeah, t- you play two divisions in the like NFC. Like two teams from two divisions, I yeah. think. But, yeah, we got the Chiefs and the Raiders. I don't know. You got to know. Chiefs, <laughs> Raiders? It's your boys. I think it's Chiefs, Raiders. No, Chiefs, Chargers. We have to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bills, the 49ers, the Vikings. Mm, not the Packers. I wish we got to play the Packers. But we don't. I don't know. We're gonna win we're gonna win thirteen games this year. I don't know, but thirteen. I'll I'll give that to you because you've been saying it when we talk off air. Bengals are gonna need that home field advantage come playoff time. Yeah. Um, especially we against the Chiefs it. and Bills. We haven't had it. So we that'll need it. I Definitely don't blame you, but hey, I'm Jamar all all year long, so <laughs> I know he's going to have a big-time season. But before we end the pod, I do have to ask you a question, and I know we finished basketball talk, but i got to ask you this question. Whose 50 ball was the best in the playoffs so far? We got Nikola Jokic dropping 53 on the Suns. We got Jimmy Butler dropping 56 on the Bucks in the first round. We got Steph Curry dropping 50 in Game 7 of the first round against the Kings. And then we got Tatum dropping 51 in Game 7 against Philadelphia. I probably have to give it to Jimmy Butler. I know that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 56. Yeah, I know who you're going to say, but. No, it was an incredible, I mean, it was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. It was insane. It was ridiculous. I mean, the, the fact that we've seen it four times already this playoffs to me, it just shows how good these playoffs have been so far. I get it. a lot of people early on were upset about all the injuries going on, and it's very understandable. But with all the dominant performances we've seen in the playoffs so far, to go along with, you know, like the Heat upsetting the one-seed Bucks, Russell Westbrook playing like him um, as he was basically the sole guy in that series against Phoenix, you know, two uh, playing teams are in the conference finals. I mean, we've never seen that before, ever. Now we got two of them. I mean, I just feel like there's been a lot to be excited about in the playoffs so far. I mean, Jalen, James Harden's two 40-point games. It's been incredibly impressive. Yeah. It's been exciting to watch. I've been loving the playoffs so far. But 
You know, I got to say, I think Tatum's 51-point performance was the most impressive thing I've seen so far. It wasn't just the points, but the efficiency that he was doing it at and the confidence that he was doing it at after being 1-for-14 the game prior in the first three quarters. I mean, he said it himself. Humbly is one of the best in the world, and he proved it in that game seven in a series that no one knew who was going to win it as it was going back and forth the entirety of the time. It wasn't like Steph Curry shooting, you know, he took 38 shots in that game seven 50-point performance, or even looking at uh, Jimmy Butler's performance. 56, um, he shot damn near, he shot 66% from the field. In that game? Yeah, 19 for 28. I mean, that's insane. 19 for 28. Nine rebounds. Tatum was, uh, wow, 17 for 28. Jimmy more efficient. <laughs> but did Jimmy have 13 boards, five assists? He had nine boards. How many assists? Two. But he didn't. He was. Tsk, How many turnovers did he have? I can One turnover. Tatum had zero. Yeah. Big games. Big games from the stars. And now they're matching up against each other in the conference finals. So if this isn't going to be exciting, I don't know what is. You know what's crazy about that game? He had 56. What? Everybody else that was a starter had a like a negative like in the plus minus category yeah all the other starters had a negative but robinson had a plus 15 caleb martin had a plus 16 and kyle lowry had a plus 18 wow not crazy that is they got it done though (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just had to bring that up before we ended the podcast i'm sorry i gotta talk about all the 50 balls that are going on jt zero turnovers is a big deal though because he struggled with turnovers in the two games prior yeah Oh, yeah. No, him and Jalen Brown have been struggling just to hold on to the rock. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like it's been dribbling in, unforced in turnovers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that game seven was very promising to see. But, I mean, the conference finals in both in both, uh, both conferences are going to be 6-7 battle. Yeah. 6-7 game battle. Yeah. So a lot to look forward to as we are halfway through the NBA playoffs. A lot to look forward to. Um any last words you want to say to your mother? Or No, she's in Croatia. That's cool. Yeah, they're probably asleep. John texted me to cut the grass 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Reminder, cut the grass. When's that going to happen? A few days? Probably like the day before they get home. Yeah, when's that? <laughs> I don't know. I think they get home on the 21st. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll, see, I'll see you mowing in a... <laughs> Uh, about a week or so yeah. <laughs> next Sunday. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this bizarre episode of Lance House Sports. What number are we at now? This was 30. Do, do was it? I think. Yeah. Yes, it was. And I meant to mention it. This is episode 30. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you playing that on the mic? <laughs> I guess we can get a hard beat to end the show today, right? That'll do it. Episode 30. We are hot and running. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>